0: Your hosts are here Sammy and Michelle By the end of this podcast You'll know them well Adulting, navigating
1: The journey of life Careers to relationships Pain and strife Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo If there's another direction You wanna go Find purpose, passion and mastery In all that you do We're status host Hey, Status Post Adulting fam, this is Sammy and Michelle, and you're listening to the 82nd episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are going to be talking about dollar cost averaging.
0: I'm excited to be talking about dollar cost averaging, Sammy. Me too. I'm excited to talk about it. Not as financial advice. It's Mm. not financial advice. We are an entertainment podcast only. You should not do anything that we say necessarily. And you should definitely always talk to professionals, financial advisors, fiduciaries, lawyers, etc. Anyone involved with making those type of decisions. That's true, Michelle.
1: This is for entertainment purposes only. And some people, maybe they want to go to a show like Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) <laughs> but you you wanted to listen to this podcast about dollar cost averaging just to
0: hear how they sound.
1: And that's what for we're months. here for.
0: <laughs> One reason we thought it would be a good reason to talk about dollar cost averaging is, especially right now with the market going up and down, people might be thinking, oh, should I adjust my investment strategy? Should I run into the market right now? If you're wondering in general how to invest in the stock market and in index funds, we have a whole episode about that that we'll link to the show notes, but we did want to talk about one strategy that's out there that you might want to consider, which is...
1: Disappear superior strategy.
0: Which is, spoiler alert, which is dollar <laughs> cost averaging. <laughs>
1: Now, dollar cost averaging really sounds way too fancy for what it is. Mm -hmm. It just definitely needs like a simpler name.
0: I don't even think the name makes sense, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it makes sense somehow, but like, I don't know the manner in which.
0: Yeah, I'm sure John Dollar Cost Averaging was named after.
1: (laughs) Dollar cost averaging pretty much just means that you are regularly putting in money into the stock market. And by regularly, I mean at regular intervals. For example, you're putting in money weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, bi-monthly. However you choose to do it, you are regularly, no matter what, investing in the stock market.
0: Exactly, Sammy. Fixed amount of money into your investments in a specific time pattern. Also, technically, you can dollar-cost average any of your investments, True. A lot of what we're talking about today is focusing on the benefits and advantages of doing so within an index fund that's tracking the S&P 500.
1: Yes, Michelle. It would be very different if you were dollar-cost averaging real estate or if you were dollar-cost averaging one specific tech stock that you really like. Those would potentially have different outcomes. We are specifically talking about a general index fund which would follow the S&P 500. So it is a index fund that reflects you know either the top 500, top 1000, top x number of companies and is constantly reevaluated to match whatever the top companies are in the United States.
0: Exactly, Sammy, and I think that's important because also I think a lot of what we're going to argue for in this podcast is based off of the historical data behind Things like index funds, which is that over the long term, they tend to go upwards. Obviously, past performance does not predict future performance, as they say. But that makes a huge difference versus, say, if you were doing something very volatile like cryptocurrency. Or marijuana stocks. Oh, trust me. There is no dollar (laughs) cost averaging that will save you there. (laughs)
1: And it's a good thing you didn't dollar-cost average with your marijuana
0: socks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I got screwed over regardless.
1: So, Michelle, before we talk about dollar-cost averaging, we should probably talk about what the other options are, because maybe if you're new to investing, you're like, okay, that sounds fine, I'll, I'll do that. Like, what else would you do?
0: Exactly, Sammy. I would say that there's two big ones. One is receiving a lump sum. So... If you got a windfall, a bonus, something where let's say someone just gave you a ton of money, or, you know, if you just have your money and you're trying to decide what to do with it, a lump sum is that you just take it all, 100% of it, and put it into your investment today. Mm-hmm. And then the other
1: option will be, let's say you get $500 every two weeks to save up to invest, saving up all that money and investing only at a certain time or like when you feel like it. Similar to lump sum, but in that scenario, you're kind of also getting regular amounts of money, but you're saving it as cash until you can actually invest it or until you feel like it's right to invest it.
0: Yeah, what Sammy is talking about is timing the market. And the goal with timing the market, in theory, is to make purchases when the market dips and is at its lowest point.
1: Exactly, Michelle. And if you've heard things like buy low, sell high you've probably heard that it's good to buy low. And of course, people say it's good to buy low because when the market's low, let's say you have $100, if the share price is low, then that $100 can buy a larger number of shares than when that share price is high. For example, if the share price is $25 and you have $100, you could buy four shares. If the share price is $10 and you have $100, You can buy 10 shares. Buying low would seem really great because of that, because you could buy more shares that are going to grow. And for that reason, some people hold onto their money until the stock market is low.
0: In theory, Sammy, timing the market sounds great. You're buying at the lowest point. You're getting the most shares. What could possibly go wrong? Maybe you're thinking about that right now. The market is going down. So let me ask you, dear listener. Are we at the lowest point right now? Was the lowest point last week? Is the lowest point next week? Are we about to go on a tear for the next 100 years?
1: I've gotten a message from Spirit. The market is not at the lowest point. That would be the kind of intuition you need to be investing on the lows. You would have to be a psychic and predict it. But interestingly enough, Michelle, I was watching a video by It's your girl, Rose, on YouTube, where she, I love what she did here. She literally put three different scenarios into her Excel spreadsheet. In each of these scenarios, she's assuming that this person gets $500 a month and they invested into the market. And she looked at the S&P 500 over the last 30 years. One of those people, dollar cost averaged, so they invested $500 every single paycheck, you know, every two weeks. The other one would hold the $500 It only invested on the lows. And then the other scenario was just like a terrible scenario for funsies where they only invested (laughs) on the highs,
0: (laughs) which happens,
1: which happens. So what she found is the dollar cost averaging scenario still made the most amount of money, even more than investing on the lows. And we'll link to the video so that you guys can see all the exact numbers. And I think part of the reason for that is that even though the lows can be quite memorable, the lows are actually not that common. The stock market is actually going up most of the time. Let's say it was 2010 and you were like, oh, I don't want to invest because the market's not at a low. Well, then next thing you know, it's 2015, it's 2019, it's 2020, and the market has gone on a sharp incline. And you missed out on all of that because you were waiting for the market to drop. Not realizing that, truthfully, the market is actually a glass of water that is half full. It is mostly up.
0: It's so true, Sammy. And it's not just our girl Rose. Other people have done these calculations as well. And what they find is that, as I think Warren Buffett first said, very common phrase now, time in the market beats timing the market.
1: That's right, Michelle. Time in the market beats timing
0: the market. (laughs) (laughs) Annunciation, very important here. (laughs) But the reason for that is that when you are not investing your money, that means you're holding on to your money. And so in this case, if you don't need to have that money in reserve, chances are you're not going to make more money saving that money and having it in, say, a high-yield savings account than having it stay in the market over a longer period of time.
1: Exactly, Michelle. And you know what I love about dollar-cost averaging? Tell me. Not only is it the most beneficial one compared to these other strategies, it's also the easiest one. It literally requires minimum brain cells.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it takes a little bit of brain cells to get set up. But the nice thing is, is that you might even be dollar cost averaging right now. For example, if you have contributions into your 401k from your employer, that means that every paycheck, you have a certain percentage going into your 401k. Assuming
1: you're also investing it in an index fund.
0: Assuming your 401k is not sitting in cash, which if it is, please let us know. We'll do a whole episode on tax deductible accounts. Like or seriously. if your
1: 401k is going to like a really niche subgroup, yeah, or an individual stock.
0: Well, technically, you're still dollar cost averaging. Yeah, that's true. But you should but... check what your dollar cost averaging. If your 401k is built out of cryptocurrency, also let us know. Mm-hmm. Probably the worst option. I think marijuana stocks are
1: the <laughs> worst option.
0: <laughs> Obviously, now it seems like that, but marijuana yeah. still exists. Cryptocurrency might not exist in ten years. It's true. Marijuana will persist. That's what I'm banking on. Not to selling my stocks <laughs> that are about a dollar right now. That are literally dollar cost on average. <laughs> we digress. Point is you might be dollar cost averaging without realizing it. I actually am not dollar cost averaging because I'm not working right now. And I'm starting to think about it because it would be great for me. Because since I'm not necessarily making money, but I do have money in my savings. I don't necessarily want to put a lump sum of money into the market. I've already done that. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm much more comfortable taking a little bit out over the months and putting it into the market because then I can really balance like what I need to live off of versus what I can take out incrementally that I know I don't necessarily need right now. So I'm thinking about switching to that and just on the first of every month, putting some money into my investments, my IRA, things like that.
1: Yes, Michelle. And if you're like me where you have a 401k and a 457, that's right, where my government employee is at, then you can dollar cost average both of those accounts. For my 457 account, it can only be pre-tax, so I max that one out. I send I send like $950 to that one every paycheck, and then I also put money in my 401k pre-tax, 950 in there, and that all gets invested into index funds and I don't even know what's happening. For example, I almost forgot to even submit my timesheet today. And yet my money will be invested each paycheck, even though I can barely remember to keep track of logging my schedule.
0: I have to say, Sammy, I am the biggest fan of automating your finances. I do it with my bills. I do it with bills is really the biggest one. (laughs) I have done it with my investments in the past when I had a paycheck coming in. And so I really prefer not to think about it because anything I have to do manually will usually get put off. And if you want
1: to, let's say you also want a dollar cost average post-tax investments. If you buy mutual funds, you can set that up as well, where your paycheck goes there and automatically gets invested twice a month or once a month, however you want to do it. Or if you don't quite know how much you want to invest outside of your tax-advantaged accounts for work. You can also do it like I used to do, which is whatever I have in my checking account that's extra of what I need to pay my bills, each paycheck I would just take, you know, however much that was and invest it into the market.
0: Yeah, exactly. What, Sammy, do you think about a lump sum investment versus dollar cost averaging?
1: You know, that's a tricky one. I don't know what the data is in different scenarios. I do know, like, if the market was at a high right before a plunge, And you lump sum invested into that. You probably would be screwed for a little while, at minimum. And eventually you probably would catch up and everything would be fine. But I do think probably, to be safe, dollar cost averaging is going to be your best bet.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say, Sammy. Once again, if you look at historical trends, if at any point in time, chances are if you made a lump sum investment, assuming it wasn't recently, if you made a lump sum investment, you are still getting the advantage of having time in the market. Dollar cost averaging, the advantage is that technically, if you're spending, say, $100 every month to buy shares at whatever cost it is, the average cost of your shares is going to be lower than if it was a lump sum. However, because over the long term, over years, it will, the market has tended to go upwards, I think that's when it's like, do you have the lump sum? It's not bad to do. It really, I think at that point when it's lump sum versus dollar cost averaging, it's like you said, it's a little bit more of an emotional decision because if the market does go down after you make a lump sum, it hurts. I've done it before. It's not fun. But no matter what with investing, no matter what you do, I think the key thing to remember is that it should always be for the long term. You should not, and we definitely do not advise trying to invest for a short period of time. That's just really unpredictable. And at that point, you're doing more gambling than you are like strategic investing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you want to save a small amount of money to do that kind of stuff because you find it fun, sure, go do that. But it's not investing really at that point. It's just kind of like, you know, playing around with money, making investments into companies that you like or for some reason want to like... Take risks on, but is it a safe way to keep your money growing? I would probably say no.
0: Yeah, it's your dumpster fire fund. It should be money that you're willing to lose because what ends up happening is that, sure, you might be risking it in one scenario and you might go up, but then you're putting it in something else that could go down. So if that's where you get your kicks, that's a different story. You know, you can spend your money however you want. But I think a lot of people, the goal of investing is to be able to grow their money over the long term more than if they were just saving their money. And that's where these type of things really make a big difference. So Michelle, takeaways for this episode. Dollar
1: cost averaging is investing money regularly into investment accounts. And we specifically are talking about index funds here. Our biggest takeaway for this episode is automate your systems. Whether it's with your pre-tax or tax-advantaged accounts, or if it's with extra cash that you have left over after your paycheck comes by and you pay your bills, make sure you're investing regularly. And even better, come up with a system that does it for you so you don't even have to remember to do that.
0: Exactly, Sami. The advantages of something like dollar cost averaging is that you're building a habit of investing. It really reduces both regret and FOMO if you're missing out. And it also takes the emotion out of investing. Instead of having to decide, oh my gosh, the cost is high, the cost is low, should I do it, should I not? You're instead relying on your calendar, essentially. You're saying, okay, I got some money. It's the first, the second, the third of the month, whatever it is. I'm going to invest a certain amount of my dollars and then I'm not going to worry about them. It's kind of like giving your future self an allowance. Hmm, that's a good way of looking at it, Tammy. I like that. Let us know if you do dollar cost averaging, if you have any questions about it, if there's anything we mentioned that you want us to dive a little bit deeper into, we'd love to hear from you.
1: And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule
0: and rethink the status quo. Hey guys. Hello. Welcome to Status Post our episode, our right, after kinda. show, our post show. Status post post show, post, status, Mm. post adulting. We're still struggling with it, name wise, but topic is done. Hopefully you learned a little bit about dollar cost averaging. And we just chat a little bit here, let you know what's going on in our life. Nothing too crazy on my end, though I have been getting way more spam text recently. Mm. Like multiple over multiple over days. I've gotten the same text twice where they're trying to tell me that my bank account has been hacked i don't know if this is happening to everyone else but i must have given my phone number to somebody because my spam texts are going through the roof have you checked if your bank account was hacked i guess i should double check whatever oh you mean because of the because of the text yes <laughs> it was literally like bank account hacked like they didn't even try to say it was a specific thing <laughs> i guess that would work for some people the other thing is that's really weird and I feel like is a specific problem to me is I think that whoever has my spam information or whatever thing I put it in, they think I'm a male. Mm. Like, I keep getting solicited for things that are directed towards men.
1: Mm, you're talking about male enhancement supplements.
0: <laughs> I meant specifically that they're referring to me in male names. Like, oh, today I just got a text that was like, hello, Davis. And I was like, who is Davis? You're like, if you're going to pick a name, maybe start at the top of the name list. Right? Erin, something gender neutral. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on my WhatsApp, I get like solicitations for men. Like I'll have this like photo of like, it's usually like a little cute Asian girl. And then it's like, I got one and it was like, hijacked. This is so-and-so from the florist. And I was like, (laughs) what? I'm not Jack. And WhatsApp has my name, I think. So I don't even understand it. And I got another one that was like, hi, Michael. And I was like, closer. But seriously, like, do your homework. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I did see someone post in the Choose Chooseify group. Mm-hmm. And it was a joke, I'm assuming. But they were like, oh, what did he say? He's like, this hot young lady is so excited to talk to me about cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> I LOL'd because... I'm sure that does get people.
0: <laughs> well, we talked about your whole dating situation yes. last week, oh, but I yes. do, I do feel like men are like a little bit more. Su- it's not that I think they're more susceptible to it. I think you can do less. I feel like you have to really invest your time if you want to scam a woman.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah. dating
0: scams are on the rise. Like I think I have to look up the number, but it's like millions of dollars lost to people through dating scams. So Dang. be careful out there, all of you.
1: Yeah, that is kind of freaky when you think about it. Mhm. Definitely reasons to start the video calls and the in-person chats earlier. Although, you could still get scammed. But that's life.
0: It's true. Also, Instagram scams I think are up. I see so many accounts, especially financial accounts, where they have like they'll change like an O to a 0 and make the exact same account. Mm. And there's like absolutely no way, unfortunately, for these people to control these things. But they'll, like, text them and be like, hey, like, this is my other account. Like, how are you? By the way, like, do you want to take my course or whatever? So keep an eye out for that. Never give money to somebody who DMs you. I feel like that's, like, a good rule of thumb.
1: I really think, like, most people probably aren't trying to give money to random people in general for any reason. (laughs) But I could see how that's possible. Oh, you know what? I just recalled that I was part of another scam. Likely scam. What happened? A Bumble BFF.
0: Oh, Mm -hmm. that's a little different. But tell that story.
1: Yes. It was a female that I met on Bumble BFF who seemed to be interested in finance as well. And we even had a call together. But then she kept talking about, she's like, yeah, like, you know, I, luckily my brother-in-law introduced me to this private investing firm. So we were able to get involved. Early and start making a lot of money quickly. And I'm like, no, that sounds great. I'm like, I'm kind of like more like on the frugality thing, like save more than 50% of my income. I don't need to do anything too risky, you know?
0: And this poor and girl just, has to listen to you going, what she's trying to say. And she's like, you. no,
1: no, it's great because like you can invest very little and you can make a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, with frugal hacks, <laughs> you can actually save a lot of money without even having to, you know, do a high leverage investment. Simply by changing your lifestyle.
0: <laughs> this is before we had a podcast, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: yeah. She just kept going on about it and you know, even before I realized she was scan, I'm like this girl's obsessed with this thing. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know it's gonna work out for her.
0: I got I like how you guys have like a battle of like she has her little ML MLM scheme and then you have your like pedantic, like, oh no, 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 I must tell you a better solution. But that is a the thing. There are people I'm like, save your receipts
1: and then track it all in a spreadsheet. You don't even have to do anything crazy, put it in an index fund. Solid system involves like zero work. Her this is also a low time investment. Me, right. But no, this is like literally almost no time investment. (laughs) You're like, girl, I think you're getting scammed. (laughs) I was like, who's your brother in law?
0: (laughs) Van Cardone. (laughs) Yeah, I think definitely keep an eye out because there is this like MLM scheme I've seen where people it's like a financial coach like scheme. And basically Mm. what happens, it's like a pyramid scheme. Is that there is, I don't know if it's one company or multiple companies, but I've seen people do this on LinkedIn and they train you to be a financial coach. So then you pay them. I think that's where the payout comes in. Mm. Like they, they approach you and they're like, hey, like I have this really good idea for like money and stuff. And you're like, okay. And they're like, and you should be a teacher for this. And so then what you have to do is you have to go and solicit students and then they pay you. It's like cut code nice, but for financial information.
1: Hmm. Interesting. It's like the yoga teacher situation. Yoga teacher training. Oh, yeah.
0: Anyway, that's all we have for today. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys.
1: Yes. Do not get involved in any scams while we are gone. Peace out. Bye.